This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and good evening. You know, it's it's hard to believe that a ventriloquist whose lips could be seen moving when they're not supposed to could have been such a hit. The fact that he was on the radio must have helped. And the dummy, Charlie McCarthy, he was considered a real human being. So Bergen's talent lay in that direction, breathing life into an, an inert prop. And boy, were they popular. As you listen to their conversation in the episode Dead Ahead, just try not to believe that Charlie is real. Damn tough. Let's go back to 1945 and listen in as Edgar Bergen weaves his magic. Charlie McCarthy Show. This is Ben Grauer, ladies and gentlemen, greeting you on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble and his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, Ursula Twing, and our very special guest for the evening, Hildegard. And here's Charlie McCarthy. Stuff it, stuff it. Oh, why, Charlie, old boy, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's nothing, Ray. It's just my pals have turned against me, that's all. That's all. That's yes, all. but what about uh, Fred Allen? I'm through with him. Well, how about Edgar? Well, he's through with me. <laughs> I'm Lord of Gopher's basement, I tell you. Oh, Charlie. Uh, I'm back up on the ground floor. <laughs> Hello, Edgar. I want to sing. Yeah. Well, go ahead, my little nightingale. <laughs> Anita Gordon, Charlie's 15-year-old singing discovery and 20th Century Fox starlet, sings June is busting out all over. June is busting out all over, all over the meadow and the hill. Buds are busting out of bushes and the rockin' river pushes every little wheel that wheels beside a mill. June is busting out all over. The feeling is getting so intense that the young Virginia creepers have been hugging the bejeepers out of all the morning glories on the fair. Because it's June. June, June, June. Just because it's June, summertime, and living is Cotton is high. June, 
young Virginia creepers have been hugging the bejeepers out of all the morning glories on the fair. Because it's June, 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 June. Just because it's June, June, June. you thinking about, Mr. Birkin? Hmm? Are you asleep? <laughs> no, Charlie, I, I was just thinking about you. Oh, oh, yes. Are you, are you going to forgive me for running off with Fred Allen? I, I don't know what to do, young man. You don't know? No. Hmm. I just haven't decided what to do. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've certainly learned a lesson, Birkin. Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I, I now hope that you feel a greater sense of loyalty to me. Oh, yes. Yes, I do, sir. Now I know which side my bread is margarine on. Yes. <laughs> yes, Charlie, we must, we must stand by each other. Yes, we must. Yes, we must help each other. Damon helped Pythias. Yes, he did that, yes. Watson helped Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes, sometimes the very littlest fellow can help the big fellow. Oh, he can You've heard about the lion and the mouse, haven't you? No, sir. I, I haven't seen the papers lately. No, I know. <laughs> I've been so upset, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a fable. Oh, well, I don't believe half what I read anyway. No, 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 no. No, I mean, it happened a long time ago. Oh, I... Yes, it teaches, it teaches a great lesson. It does. Yes. Oh, won't you please, sir, tell it in your own inimitable way. Yes. <laughs> Let those pearls of wisdom drop from your... Ever moving lips. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Well, watch it. I shall I tell the long version or the short version? Oh, it really doesn't matter. I don't listen anyway. <laughs> well, but in this story, in this case, I do want you to listen and listen very carefully. Yes, sir. I shall be all ears with my fingers in them. <laughs> There's a parallel between the lion and the mouse and uh, and you and me. No. Yes, yes. Now, I can be compared to the big shaggy lion. Is this molting season for lions? No. <laughs> and you might be, shall we say, uh, you are the, the little mouse. You don't have to beat around the bush. Just come right out and say it. What's that? Go ahead. Call me a rat. Go ahead. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. All right. Now, once upon a time, there was a sleeping lion. Was this at a lion's club? No, no. <laughs> and uh, as this lion slept, there was a little mouse walking around all over him. A sleepwalker. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, the lion awoke and raised his paw. And left the room. No, no, no. Wait a minute. <laughs> no. And he caught the mouse under his paw. And then he opened his terrifying jaws to eat the mouse. But the little mouse said, stop. He talked right back to the lion. Oh, stout fella. Stout fella. Oh, I'm proud of you, you little cheese burner. You all right, all right. <laughs> now, you see, this mouse... Mouse had, um, Intestinal fortitude. I know a shorter way to say that. No, I know. <laughs> and the little mouse said, uh, the little mouse said, uh, please, please, baby, I have done no harm. I have to sit through these things anyway. 
house had a lovely squeaking voice, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Bergen, did anyone ever tell you that you have a very fascinating way of telling a story? Well, as a matter of fact, they, they have, yes. Uh-huh, they have. Yes, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they lied. Oh, I... <laughs> and so the lion answered this little mouse. He says, why shouldn't I eat you now? And the little mouse said, because there's no R in mouse. No, please. <laughs> I'm out of season. No, please. No. So the mouse said, perhaps someday I can help you, Mr. Lion. And the lion was so amused that he laughed and he laughed and he let the mouse go. <laughs> he laughed himself right out of the mouse burger, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> and now, now comes the exciting part of the story. Well, just... Stop jumping up and down and tell it all right. And then, then came the fateful day. A most terrible thing happened. Thank you. Oh, yes. Hey. You and What's your phone number? John. <laughs> and you see, there were some lion hunters walking through the forest. Charlie. Can you get rid of the urchin you're with? Charlie. 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 Uh, <clears throat> you're getting away from the story. But not far enough. All right. <laughs> so these hunters caught this lion in a great big rope trap. They did? Yes. And the little mouse happened by. Yeah. And do you know what that mouse did? He ate the lion. No, no. 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 Well, I can be wrong. I'll admit it. What did the little mouse do? Well, I'll tell you. The little mouse, he saw these ropes there, and he sprang at these ropes, and he started to gnaw and gnaw and gnaw. Gnaw. <laughs> yes, sir, the little insignificant mouse freed the mighty king of the beasts. Well, I'll be nice. <laughs> now, what is the moral of this fable? Well, there's the moral there. Yes, there is. And I know you got it. Well, I'm working on it, yes. <laughs> the moral is... Yes. The moral is... It pays to have a friend... That's right. ...who knocked the rope. No, no, no. <laughs> Surely you got more out of the story than that. Well, a little more. What's that? If you want a story spoiled, let Bergen tell it. Yeah, all
Well, mister. Well, mister what? Oh, you don't know. I can't see a darn thing. <laughs> well, you're wearing glasses, aren't you? Well, that's right. Yeah. How come? Well, I don't know. I've got a little trouble lately. I see. I'm getting a little hard of looking. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hard of looking? Yeah. What's the trouble? Well, I think uh, one of my eyes. Which eye? Uh, the west eye. The west eye. <laughs> it's a little pigeon toad. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I see. Well, perhaps you have astigmatism. Orism. I say perhaps you have astigmatism. Well, I reckon so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Might have. Might have. If I have, it's settled right in my eye, too. It's settled right in your eye. Yeah. Well, where did you get the glasses? Well, they're Grandpa Snurge. Oh, Grandpa Snurge. Yep. Yep, that's who they are. Played a lot of smart Alex in New York. <laughs> yep, that's right. You got them from Grandpa Snurd. I loaned them from him. Yeah, I loaned them from him, I see. Are they nose glasses, aren't they? No, they're eyeglasses. I know, they're eyeglasses. Are they good? Everything looks kind of fuzzy through them. Fuzzy. Well, then why do you wear them? Well, it gives my nose something to do. It gives your nose a... <laughs> Hello there, Mr. Noble. No, that's not Mr. Noble over there. No, no. That's a music rag. Oh, I thought he looked better than usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you better take those glasses off. You know, I'm afraid my eyes might catch cold. Oh, no, no. I don't think you need glasses at all. Well, maybe not, but you know, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of look extinguished wearing these, <laughs> these spectrum barnacles. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, no, it's uh, and barnacles. No, no, no. Corn speckled obstacles. No. Corn swaggled skepticals. No. Well, that's as far as I take it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you something that's very good for the eyes. What's that? Uh, vitamin A. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yeah. Vitamin A? Yes. Is that a small A or a big A? Well, it's just it's a. As a matter of fact, vitamins are, are, are just very good for growing children. Well, I don't want to grow children. No, I know. <laughs> oh, you're a fool. <laughs> How can you be so stupid? Oh, I don't know. But it sure is a wonderful feeling. I imagine so. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Hello, Edgar. It's quite a thrill to see you again. Well, if you want to see a real thrill, look over here. Oh, so you're Charlie. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And you're really and truly Hildegard? Oh, may we? <laughs> we might, we might. <laughs> Hildegard, why do you only have one name? Charlie, Charlie. Now, you mustn't ask such personal questions. Wait till you hear the next one. <laughs> uh, what is it, Charlie? 
Well, uh, uh, there's something so interesting about your voice. It puzzles me. Oh, I- I'm a chanteuse. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I knew you were from the continent. Now, when I was traveling in Chantusia... The... <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, who's a Chelsea show's for me job? That's Milwaukee friend. Yes. <laughs> oh, I bet you and Edgar get along terribly well together, don't you? Well, at least terribly. <laughs> what does he mean, Edgar? Well, I think Charlie can explain how loyal we are to each other, can't you? Yes, I'll leave you two alone. Charlie, tell Hildegard what's the matter. Bergen seems so cool towards you. His knee feels like a cake of ice lately. <laughs> well, don't feel too badly, Charlie. Uh, let me sing to you. All right, you sing, and I'll accompany you on the pogo stick. <laughs> gentlemen, I would like to sing a beautiful French ballad, which became a favorite with the boys overseas. It was then known as Jatan Grey, and now with an English lyric, it is called, I'll Be Yours. I'll be yours. My world may be lonely. But I'll await your return. I'll be yours, yours forever and only. And while you're gone, how I'll yearn. You're in every prayer, every thought, every dream, dear. You're everywhere, come what may, night and day, I'll be yours. You're in every prayer. Every thought, every dream, dear, you're everywhere, come what may, night and day, I'll be Uh-huh. 
Charlie. Isn't it simply too, too elegant? Oh, it's sheer heaven. I should have worn the ermine shorts. <laughs> You are now within the cloistered walls of Grower, Wimple, and Dinkleberry. Uh, what position do you play, Bud? <laughs> I am Benjamin Grower. Right. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't. But I have an uncle in Kentucky that races ducks. <laughs> now, look here. That, that's neither here nor there. Oh, you're quite right. That's Kentucky. <laughs> oh, really? Now, well, the more expensive things are in the front of the store. They get cheaper as you go towards the back. Would you mind showing us something in the alley? <laughs> Look here, just, just how much money do you intend to spend? I was planning on using box top <laughs> How about getting Edgar a leash for his dog? Yeah, but you see, he hasn't a dog Well, how about getting him a dog? We well, see, he hasn't a leash Now, here is a very rare old English powder horn But he could never learn to play it Hello there, Charlie. Ray, what are you doing in here? Oh, I just came in to buy someone a gift for a surprise. You know? Well, who are you going to surprise? <laughs> Me. I get to kick out of that sort of thing. <laughs> well, Ray, Ray, I saw some, I saw some lovely watches here. Oh, I've got a watch, dear. You know, it's a funny thing. Once I dropped it in the Hudson River, and a year later, it was still running. The watch? Uh, no, the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe you've made a very funny witticism. Or am I wrong? You people may be very amusing to someone, but have you any intentions of buying anything? Uh, what do you have in dueling pistols? Bullets, silly. Oh. Now, here's a pair right here. <laughs> now, if you observe, these were owned by the umbrella bearer of the Maharaja of Downpour. How much are these pistols? These pistols? Yes. Uh, $200. Great guns. They certainly are. <laughs> shall I, uh, shall I wrap them up? Wrap them up? Why well, couldn't even make a down payment on a deposit? Well, <laughs> in that case, in that case, you'll have to talk to our credit manager. Oh, credit! I'm coming, Danny. Coming. Coming. <laughs> These people want to open an account. Oh, an account? Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, that's peachy. Yeah. <laughs> what have we run into here? Well, friends, my name is Ursula Twang. Uh, yeah, Ursula Twang, that's fine. And I'm head of the credit department. And, uh, well, no, I'm not exactly head of it either because, well, yes, I am too, because the regular head is on vacation now. You mean you have two heads? No, no. Oh, yeah. No, I do not mean that. Uh, what I mean is that I am credit manager of this particular store, and, uh, well, it isn't exactly a particular store either because anyone can trade here, and very few do. <laughs> well, what about our charge account? Oh, your charge account? Oh, yes. Well, uh, what can you offer as a collateral? <laughs> an honest face. Oh, yes, I know, but but you cannot put a face in a cash register. <laughs> you should know. You look like you've tried it. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me, uh, what about our credit? Oh, yes, your credit. Uh, well, you're going to get the credit all right. Oh, we but are. Oh, yes, you are. But you're not going to get it yet. No. No, you're not. Not until you change your attitude. Oh. <laughs> and pray, sir, what is wrong with our attitude? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with your attitude. There are entirely too many little undercurrents of criticism running around here to which I do not subscribe. No, no. and if you want to see me, I'll be in my office. In your office. Well, no, I won't be in my office either because I'm going home. You're going home. Yes, so goodbye. Yes. <laughs> 
Looks like we don't get 50 stars, do we? Oh, no. Wait a minute, Charlie. Perhaps I'd be interested. May I see one of them? Oh, be careful, uh, Ray. You may you may shoot someone. Oh, don't be silly, my dear. I'm holding my finger over the muzzle. <laughs> I take care of that. <laughs> Tell me, Ray, I'll bet you're fond of hunting, aren't you? Uh, oh, hunting? Oh, rather, yes. I simply must tell you about the time that I was shooting at uh, Lord Loverduck's county seat. And did you hit it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, oh, yes, uh, I don't miss on that, you know. I was aiming the weapon just like this. Why, you shot that porcelain rabbit right in half. Oh, spitting hairs. (laughs) I made a joke, no? (laughs) You made a joke? Yes, yes. <laughs> Give me that gun. It's my turn. Just stick anything out. I'll knock it off later. Oh, be sure and hit something cheap. Something cheap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shot those two china pheasants. Good hunting, old boy. Good hunting. <laughs> What's the limit around here? Hold on, hold everything, you little twerp. You can't use this place for a shooting gallery. Oh, Oh, my goodness, you've shot Mr. Tinkleberry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Fred Allen. In a charming way He was so persistent It began one day In the middle of May He met a gal named June Took her off in July And he's an August moon And August set he kept admiring her charm, and all through August, they were locked in each other's arms. From November to January, the runaround began, February and March, he was a worried man, it was until April. That she said okay, and they were married in the middle of May. From November to Jan, the runaround began. February and March, he was a worried man. It was until April that she said okay, and they were married in the middle of May. 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 
now's almost time to listen to Fred Allen. Yeah, Fred Allen. Three, pardon me. Why should I listen to him on the air? He won't even talk to me. Well, after all, Charlie. You know, no, be fair, Charlie. Uh, Dick, uh, and you're entitled to 10% according to law. Yeah, well, uh, that, uh, that's uh, uh, is that so? Yes, according to law, boy. Well, what what, what law says so? What the law? very oldest legal authority. Hey, quote me, man. Quote me. Quote Blackstone, me. curbstone, gallstone, and pebble. Oh. <laughs> they ought to know. They ought to know. But but Alan won't even see me. He shut no, the door no, in my face. No, no, no. But he'll see me, Charlie. Yes, I'll go will. over there right now and tell him you're thinking of bringing suit. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You you give it to him, and you tell him if he doesn't pay me. I'll slap him across the face with a subpoena. That's what I'm <laughs> All right, Charlie. Yeah. And if he gets belligerent, old yeah. boy, I'll jolly well mow him, so help me. I'll clip him down or whatever it is no, you no, can. No, no, no. When Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Snurd, and all of us invite Fred Allen to be back with us as our guest. We'll be coming to you from New York, Radio City. Well, did you try my little experiment? Charlie sounded like a real person, didn't he? (laughs) Stay tuned for Mr. District Attorney next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, time for Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mr. District Attorney is brought to you by Vitalis, V-I-T-A-L-I-S. And it shall be the duty of the District Attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. Our case tonight opens in a recently completed defense factory located in your district attorney's city. Mr. Winstead, the personnel manager of the plant, is busily working at his desk. Winstead speaking. Hello, Mr. Winstead. Yes? My name is Preston. Yes? I'm calling you about that ad you got in the paper. The one where you're looking for skilled workers? Oh, yes. Did you get any answers to that ad, Mr. Winstead? Not a single one. Why? I didn't figure you would. Are you applying for a job, sir? Oh, I'm just interested in your problem. Well, look, old man, I'm very busy right now, you and I... skilled workers, don't you? Yes, yes, I need them very badly, but How if you want... How many guys do you figure you need? 
Well, at least a hundred immediately. Why should that concern you? I can get them for you. How? I got an angle. Now, look, you're wasting my time. I've spent weeks combing every available source for, to find men. There just aren't any to be found. I said I could get them for you, Mr. Winston. Where? I'd like to tell you that first. Could you meet me someplace, maybe? Well, Suppose I... Suppose I drop by in my car and pick you up. You can get me a hundred skilled workers. That's right. Very well. I'll be ready in half an hour. going, Mr. Preston? Oh, we'll just ride around a little. I can't spend much time with you. Well, this shouldn't take long, Mr. Winstead. You say you can get me 100 skilled workers. Is that all you need? No, I can use as many as you find. Uh, we're working on a very important government war contract. Uh-huh. It's being delayed by lack of manpower. I've got to get men. I'm the guy that can do it for you. Oh? Yeah, I got an angle. What is this angle? How long will it take you? A few days, a week maybe. Where will you get them? I don't know yet. You certainly make this all sound very mysterious. Well, you wouldn't tell me your business secrets, would you? Just what do you get out of it? I collect what you call a commission light. Oh, from the workers? Oh, no. From you. How much? You say 10% of each guy's pay. Their first week's pay. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> Why, that wouldn't even pay my expenses. Well, what is your price? Ten percent every week as long as you use them. Well, that's ridiculous. They might work at our plant for years. Sure. That could amount to almost a thousand dollars a week. I know. That's way out of line, Mr. Preston. That's my price. No cut rates. So how about it, mister? Well? If you stall around, it'll cost you more. All right. It's a deal. Okay. Where can you be reached if I want you? A friend of mine runs that bowling alley over on West Street. You can get me there. Very well. Now, I think we ought to put our deal in writing, Mr. Winston. Did you send for me, Chief? Yes. Come in, Harrington. Right. Uh, let me have that letter on my desk there, Miss Meadow, no, please. Is this one, Chief? Yes, yes, that's it. What's up, Chief? I just received this letter from District Attorney Sanford. Sanford, West County? That's right. And this is rather important information he's passed on to me. Mm-hmm. I want you to hear it, both of you. Yes, sir. Right, okay. Dear DA, I want to report a condition that has arisen up here in West County and is likely to spread down into your county as well. Mm-hmm. Due to the war, we've had a rapid expansion of defense industries. Many new factories have been opened up here. Mm-hmm. We welcome such effort, of course. But this welcome is tempered somewhat by a rapidly rising menace which is undoing all the good the expansion has brought. And this menace is labor pirating. Pirating? What's that? Yes, Harrington. And he goes on to explain. Labor pirating is the act of enticing workers from one plant to another by any and all available means. Oh. Of course, the real evil resulting from this pirating is that it slows up vital war production. Gosh. There's an acute shortage of skilled workers of nearly all kinds... So it's difficult indeed to replace those who are taken from one job to another. Why is that a scurvy racket? Any more, Chief? Yes, he says the bait used ranges from the lure of higher wages to out-and-out kidnapping. In most instances, neither the employers nor the workers are at fault. The real offenders are a group of unscrupulous negotiators, usually (laughs) ex-racketeers. One of these is a man named Barney Preston, 
He has been indicted by our grand jury because of his activities in hijacking labor. I regret to tell you, however, that Preston has avoided arrest by leaving town. I have information that he may have gone to your city. Undoubtedly, he will continue his practice there. Any efforts on your part to apprehend him will be appreciated. Sincerely, yours, George Sample. Oh, how do you like that? Something new has been added, huh, Chief? Yes. Another field has been opened to the racketeers. That kind of business is practically fifth column work. Yes, I know. I never heard of this Preston guy. Did Sanford enclose any information about him? There's a complete description. Good. I get out a general alarm on him right away, Chief. Miss Harrington, I wish you would. And Miss Miller. Yes, Chief. I want to send a letter to the heads of all the factories in town. I want to warn them that labor hijacking will not be tolerated here. Nice one, Eddie. Gives you a spare. Yeah. Well, how's the bowling going, fellas? Oh, hello, Mr. Monroe. Hi. Hiya. I'm sorry I can't use that other alley. We're short of pinboys tonight. Oh, that's okay. We can do enough damage to one alley. Right, Eddie? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> how's everything over the factory? Oh, the same as usual. Well, you boys better make it while you can, I guess. What do you mean? Well, I... I really shouldn't tell you this, but you fellas get good customers of mine. Yeah. I guess it's only right you should know. About what? Well, a couple of the big shots from the plant were in here bowling a few strings last night. Yeah? They'd also been hitting the bottle a bit, so I guess that's why they were careless about what they were saying. Uh-huh. I happened to overhear them talking about the government's going to cancel all the contracts with your factory. What? Did you hear that, Eddie? Yeah, how come, I wonder? Well, I heard this man say something about the motors didn't operate right when they were used on the fighting front. Well, what do you know? Did they say the factory was going to shut down or something, Mr. Monroe? Well, if they blow the contracts, what else can they do? Yeah, sure. Yeah. None of my business, but if I was you fellas, I'd start scamping around for another job. Yeah, you're right. Uh, by the way, I just happened to hear about a plant that's looking for men right now. Yeah, where? You did? Yeah, it's a new factory just opened up on the other side of town. I need fellows in your line real bad. I think maybe we ought to hop over there, huh, Eddie? Oh, you said it. Well, thanks for tipping us off, Mr. Monroe. Oh, glad to do it. Hey, but look. Yeah? Uh, don't say anything to anybody else about it, will you? Oh, don't worry, Mr. Monroe. We won't tell a soul. I got it was this, see? The government's canceled the contracts and the plant closes down next week. Sure, sure. I heard it from one of the managers. The government inspector told me the whole thing. The plant closes down in four days. Sure, that's a fact. Now, if you're smart, you'll jump over to that new factory that just opened up over... did you say you've lost in the past few days, Mr. Burris? Over a hundred, Mr. District Attorney. Mm-hmm. And they're still leaving. It's serious. War orders are being held up. That's why I came here to see you this afternoon. Well, did you tell them there was no truth to the rumor? Yes, of course. 
But the story has been magnified so by now that there just doesn't seem to be any way of stopping it. Well, a published statement of denial from the government ought to take care of that. I'll arrange for you at once. Well, that would help. But it still doesn't get back the men I've lost. No, I'm not. Hey, uh, look, Mr. Lewis, have you checked up on where these guys of yours have found new jobs? Yes. Most of them have gone over to that new factory on the north side. Are you sure of that? Yes. They're doing important work, too, of course. War orders, but so are we. They've got no right to hire my men away from me. Yeah, Chief, I guess that guy's in town all right. Yes, I'm afraid he is. Uh, Who's that? There's a man named Preston. Oh. He's a racketeer who specializes in hijacking labor. Say, tell me, Mr. Lewis, do you know why your men left? Is this new plant paying higher wages? No, no, they're not. I'm sure of that. We're both paying union scale, and Mm -hmm. my men were getting plenty of overtime. I see. I've already spoken to a Mr. Winstead over there. He's the personnel manager. Winston. I asked him to explain the coincidences that made so many of my employees go to his place yes. for work. What did he say to that? He just denied any knowledge of conspiracy. Well, suppose I talk to him. Yeah, his number is uh, Maine 2800. All right, thank you. Yes? Uh, Miss Miller, would you get me Maine 2800, please? Yes, sir, right away. I want to talk to a Mr. Winstead. Uh, have you any idea how this rumor started, Mr. Lewis? No, I haven't been able to trace it at all. Eh, it sure don't take much to make them spread, does it? I should say not. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. Yes? I have Mr. Winstead for you, Chief. Oh, fine. Put him on. Go ahead, please. Hello? Hello, Miss Winston. This is the district attorney. Oh, yes. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. What's on your mind? Well, I have Mr. Lewis, the president of Amalgamated, here in my office. We're trying to track down the source of this rumor that's robbed him of some of his best workmen. Oh, I see. I understand that most of his employees have gone to work for you. Is that correct, sir? Well, I, I guess we have hired some of his former employees. Well, why did they select your plant? No, I, I don't know, Mr. District Attorney. The reason I ask is that we believe there's a man named Preston behind all this. He specializes in hijacking labor. I wondered if he'd been to see you. I see. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Winston. I may call you again if anything develops. You see, a serious offense has been committed against Mr. Lewis's factory. I intend to prosecute whoever's at the bottom of it. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, well, good day, sir. Goodbye. Did you get anything out of him, Chief? Oh, nothing definite. But he did seem rather upset by my question. Yeah. I think I may call on Mr. Winston. Mm-hmm. A good personal talk with him might accomplish a lot. Yeah. I'll see him the first thing in the morning. Looking for me, Mr. Winston? Oh, hello, Mr. Preston. I didn't think you'd ever get here. I've been waiting almost two hours. Oh, that's too bad. Never mind that. I've got to talk to you, privately. Okay. We'll use the office here in the back. Come on. Yes, thank you. Why didn't you try a little bowling while you were waiting? Well, I did, uh, till I got too tired. Oh. We'll go in here. Yes, very well. Now, what did you want to see me about? Well, it really has to do with a misunderstanding. How's that? I had no idea that you'd use the methods you employed to get those workmen from me. No? No. How'd you think I'd get them? Pick them off trees? I thought you were going to use legitimate means. You already tried that, didn't you? 
Yes, but... But what? Now, look, Preston. We need workmen badly. Uh We've got a lot of government contracts, and they're important in winning the war. But I know, somehow, you've been... What? Well, stealing men from the amalgamated plant. Stealing? Their work is important, too. I don't know how you got those men to leave, but I'm against getting them your way, that's all. You're a little late with that idea, ain't you? Not necessarily. What do you mean? I'm doing the only thing a patriotic American can do. I'm sending those men back to their original jobs. You what? I'm calling the deal off. That's what you think. Now, see here, Preston. I don't want to have any trouble with you. No? You see, I happen to know something about your background. Uh-huh. I learned that you make a specialty of hijacking labor. Where'd you find that out? The district attorney told me. Oh, now I get it. You're trying to wiggle out from under to keep your own nose clean. I'm merely trying to do the right thing, that's all. Look, Winston, you made a deal with me, you're going through with it, see? I intend to do just that. I'm going to pay you the commission on one week's salary for those men. That's strictly for chickens. My payoff comes every week. That's impossible. Don't forget I've got a contract with you, my friend. The DA might like to see that. That contract is not binding if I don't keep the men. Now, look, sucker. I don't want to waste no more talk on you. The deal stands. Oh, no. I'm not going to let you blackmail me. I'll go to the district attorney and tell him everything. Wait a minute. You stay right here. Get out of my way. Stay here, I said. Put down that bowling pin. Sure, where do you want me to put it? No, don't. Well, I guess they better set him up in the next alley. This labor pirating situation is a very serious one for all of us because of the way it cuts down on war production. And now, with Winstead murdered, your district attorney's job becomes doubly difficult. Now, back to Mr. District Attorney. Winston's body was found early this morning, Miss Miller. Where, Chief? In a ditch beside a road on the outskirts of town. Well, how was he killed? Hit on the head with a blunt instrument. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Were there any other clues? Well, the police are working on that now. Oh. The thing that bothers me is I might have prevented this if I'd gone to see him last night. Oh, I doubt that, Chief. I honestly do. Yeah. Where's Harrington? He went over to Winston's factory to see what he could pick up. Chief, do you suppose this man Preston killed Winstead? That's quite likely he did, yes. Well, the police still haven't been able to find any trace of him. Oh, uh, excuse me, Chief. Yes, come in, Harrington. Okay. How did you make out? Well, I, uh, I picked up some very tantalizing information. Yeah. Good or bad? Well, one thing is very good you can make book now, Chief, that the killer was this Preston guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I got that from Winstead's secretary. Well, how did she know? Well, she didn't. It's what she told me that adds up to that. Yes, and what was it? Well, right after you called Winston yesterday, he made another call. He dialed the number himself. But his secretary happened to overhear him ask for a Mr. Preston. I see. Well, Preston wasn't there, but he was expected. So Winston told whoever was on the other end of the line that he'd be right over. Then he grabbed his hat and hightailed it out. Well, does the secretary know what number he called, Harrington? No, she don't. There's no way of checking it either. Oh. <laughs> I see what you mean by tantalizing information. Yeah. We know everything but the whereabouts of the murderer and the location of his hideout. Yeah. Well, where do you go from there, Chief? Well, there's one thing we can try to trace to its source. What's that? Mm-hmm. The origination point of that rumor. Mm. We can be reasonably sure now that Preston started it. Mm. That might lead us to him. That's right, Chief. 
But how do you find that sword? Well, I think Harrington can help us out there. Me? What do I do? Yes, I want you to go to Winstead's factory. Yeah? I'll arrange for you to get a job there. All right. And try to talk to every man who left Lewis's plant because of the rumor. Right. One of those men must know where that rumor started. Well, he's still at police headquarters, Harrington. Oh, boy, I got a red-hot lead for him. Really? Yeah, I think I found out where that rumor was started. Where? Well, I got it from two guys. They didn't want to tell me at first. I had to flash my tin before they'd even talk. Well, what did they tell you? Well, it seems they got the story from some guy who runs a bowling alley right near Lewis's factory. Yes? He handed it out to them as very confidential stuff. Well, that's <laughs> how all rumors are planned. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going over and see that guy right now. Well, what'll I tell the chief? Well, just give him the information I just gave you and tell him that I'll call back as soon as I make sure I'm on the right trail. Well, when will that be? Just as soon as I make that guy in the bowling alley talk. Come in. Uh, yes? Uh, are you Mr. Monroe? Yes, that's right. Oh, good. My name's Harrington. District Attorney's Office. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions. Okay. Sit down, Mr. Harrington. <laughs> Thanks. What seems to be the trouble? Well, I'm on a kind of a tough assignment. Yeah? Yeah, I'm uh, chasing a rumor. See any laying around here? <laughs> no, but that don't prove nothing. They never show up till you get them in the light. Oh, that makes it tough, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, not always. Uh, what made you look here? Well, I got information that this is the place where the particular rumor I'm chasing got started. Is that so? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Mr. Monroe, I understand that you were the guy who put it underway. Uh, what was this rumor? Well, it had to do with the factory across the street closing down. You spread that report, didn't you? No. No? I might have talked about it, but that was only because of what I heard some other guys say. Uh, but you did talk about it to men who were working in that plant. Well, sure. Yeah. They were good customers of mine. I didn't want to see him wind up on the limb. No. Uh, Monroe, did you ever hear of labor pirating? Uh-uh. Well, suppose I ask you another question. Did you ever hear of a guy named Preston? Barney Preston? No. Don't know the answer to that one either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very good this quiz game, am I? No, you ain't, but don't let that worry you, brother. I, I ain't got to the jackpot question yet. <laughs> What's that? Well, it has to do with a guy named Winstead. His body was found in a ditch outside of town. Winstead? Yeah, he was doing business with Preston. Preston was hijacking labor. Mm -hmm. He was able to do that because of a rumor. Now, you started the rumor. Now, give well, me the answer to that one, wise guy. I'm sorry. I got to blow that one, too. Oh, that's too bad. Well, suppose we played this game in a new location. What do you mean? I'm going to take you down to headquarters. The D.A. will ask the questions from here on. Hi, Monroe. Uh, who's this? My name's Harrington. Who are you? What's it to you? Your name wouldn't be Preston, would it? Why? I've seen pictures of a guy by that name that looks just like you. Yeah? Yeah. Don't reach for that gun, copper. I got you covered. What? Nice going, Monroe. Who is this guy? Cop from the D.A.'s office. Well... He's been playing a game, trying to get some answers. I got my answers. Sure, only they ain't going to do you any good. No. Sit down again, copper. Sure. 
We're going to play another game. Only this time, we ask the questions. Is that you, Chief? Yes, Well, How'd you make out at headquarters? Oh, very well. I examined Winston's body and found what may be an important clue. Really? Yes. It more or less identifies the type of place in which he was killed. Oh, that's swell, Chief. Uh, have you heard from Harrington? Well, yes. He came in about an hour ago. He seems to have found something, too. And the source of the rumor? Yes, at least he thought so. Mm-hmm. He was on his way to investigate when he called. Who is he after? The proprietor of a bowling alley located near Lewis's factory. A bowling alley? Yes. You say you went there an hour ago? Well, yes, Chief. What's wrong? Well, the clue I found revealed that Mr. Winston was murdered in a bowling alley. <laughs> What do you want to jockey around with this guy for, Monroe? Let me knock him off now and get him out of here. No good. They came up with that Winstead guy before he was cold. Just because you were in a hurry. What do you think we ought to do? Put him on ice till the joint closes. Then you can put him away for keeps. Don't you guys know it's rude to talk about somebody when they're right in the room? Keep quiet, copper. You mean just because you tell me to? Shut up, I said. Brother, if you didn't have that gun in your hand... Look, Monroe, I can't wait around here till the joint closes. There's too much heat on me. You want to get rid of this guy, don't you? Sure, but why can't you take care of him? Because that ain't in my line. Nice, clean fellow. Well, I ain't hanging around, see? Look, suppose I give it to him now. Then you can get rid of him. You can do that, can't you? Well, okay. But no guns. I don't want any noise. I'll give him the same thing I gave Winston. No, you won't, brother. You ain't got nothing to say about it. I got this much to say. You're going to have to use a gun on me and use it now. I ain't waiting for that fool and pin. Get away from me. Give me that clock. Get out of it, Monroe. Throw me. Get out of it. Stand where you are. You're covered. Take that gun away from him, Harrington. Right, Chief. Thanks for the lift. Who are these men? Well, this character here is Barney Preston. Oh, this is a pleasant surprise. Harrington, you may arrest him for the murder of Mr. Winstead. Of course, we know Preston murdered Mr. Winstead. But how can your district attorney be so certain of it? Now, here is your district attorney. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think the first thing you should know is that we were able to get a conviction against Barney Preston for the murder of Winston. He paid for this crime with his life. Oh, Chief, I think you should tell the folks about the clue that you found when you examined Winstead's body. Very well, Miss Madam. That clue was some powder-like substance that I found under one of Winstead's thumbnails. On examination, this substance turned out to be a special kind of chalk that bowlers use to keep their fingers dry when they handle the ball. I was then able to establish that Winston must have been in a bowling alley at some point just before his death. And that's why you came running over to Monroe's alleys on the double, huh? Yes, Harrington. I knew there was a good chance of your meeting the same fate. Oh, I'm glad you sent that Monroe guy away, too, Chief. He was getting a cut from Preston. He'll have time of 15 years to think up some new rumors before he gets out. Yes. And speaking of rumors, Harrington, I'd like to repeat at this time a message that I sent to every employer and war worker in our city. These were the words. If you are engaged in any work that will help our nation win this war, stay with your job. Don't listen to rumors or offers of better pay or even seek easier work. The production line is the front line here at home. Anyone who disrupts this line is guilty of sabotage, just as Preston was. This is the people's war. By your effort, we can win it. Right, Chief. 
And if a guy's looking for a job where he can help win this man's war, the place to find out where he's needed is the nearest United States Employment Service office. They give all the dope on all kinds of defense jobs. Yes, indeed they can. What about next week, Chief? Well, next week we'll have another dramatic case, the case of the phony payoff. It's a colorful and exciting story. I hope you'll remember to join us again next Wednesday, and until then, thank you and good night. The names of all characters in a nice dramatization are fictitious, and any resemblance to names of living persons or actual places is purely coincidental. Jay Johnston was featured in the title role. Len Doyle as Harrington. Vicki Vola as Miss Miller. The music was under the direction of Peter Van Steeten, and the authors were Ed Byron and Jerry Devine. Mr. District Attorney is brought to you by the Bristol Myers Company, makers of Vitalis, used by more men to keep their hair well-groomed than any other preparation of its kind. Just think of the word vital and add I-S. Vitalis, Vitalis for your hair. Friends, the sponsors of Mr. District Attorney cordially invite you to hear radio's most popular modern songsters, Dinah Shore, in person, over another network every Friday night. Consult your local paper for time and station. Hear Dinah Shore next Friday. This program came to you from New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Hey, thanks for listening. Tomorrow night... Escape Theater, followed by Challenge of the Yukon. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support and executive producer Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.